Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 232. So in this week's episode, we're actually going back in time to episode 43, which was the first time we actually had Ryan Dice, the uh, chairman and CEO and founder of Digital Marketer, actually on this podcast. It took us 43 episodes to get him on. Uh, I think it's just because we didn't ask him. Uh, maybe we should ask him on more because this is one of the best episodes and one of the most downloaded episodes that we've ever had in Perpetual Traffic. So if you're new to this podcast or if you've been listening for a while and you've listened to every single show, talk to people every single week who uh, we get on the phone with for uh, discovery calls for tier 11 that have actually listened to every single episode more than once. Uh, If you are one of those people or you're brand new, like I said, this is one to go back to, but we're going to go to it today with a a few updates. And um, this is where Ryan finally get him on the show. And he talks about the four steps to crafting and optimizing the perfect offer. Now the offer is so vitally important to your success with advertising. Obviously, in this show, we talk a lot about Facebook and Instagram advertising. Uh, Doesn't matter what the platform is. If you have an offer that people want, everything else sort of takes care of itself. You can actually have the worst targeting in the world. You know, not really good ads, but if your offer is killer, and this guy knows how to create killer offers, he's the best in the industry, in my opinion. Uh, certainly the best that I've ever seen. And one of the guys that actually got me into this industry just to begin with, uh, I think I bought his 43 split tests way back 10 years ago when he was just Ryan Dice before it was Digital Marketer. And here we are working together now. So uh, this is a killer episode. Now, in fact, this is related to a, a traffic course, a course that you can actually only get through Digital Marketer Elite, which I would highly recommend you consider getting into that program because the best part of it and the one that we actually take all of our brand new hires through, no matter whether they're media buyers or creative strategists, the Let's Build a Predictable Selling System, which is inside DM Lab Elite, is so worth it. Um, I watch it every single year. It used to be called Funnel Blueprint. Now it's Let's Build a Predictable Selling System. I still actually have access to the old Funnel Blueprint course, which is uh, killer, uh, which was sort of the, the the napkin project. I think it actually started that way with Ryan, but he talks about exactly how to craft an offer. So whether you're an e-commerce store, whether you're a digital products company, whether you're an info company, whether you're a service-based business like us here at Tier 11, uh, we follow these principles almost to the T. Well, I shouldn't say almost to the T. We follow these to the T. So take some notes here. I'm going to leave some additional resources in the show notes that you can refer back to. 
This guy brings it here and uh, we've got to get him back on live in 2020 to, uh, to talk about offers as well as a lot of the stuff that he has perfected as one of the best marketers in the world, Ryan Dice. Here we are, episode 43. So get your notepads and pens out or your Evernote file, or if you're driving, uh, you know, pull over to the side of the road if you've got time and take some notes on this week's episode where Ryan is gonna be going through how to craft the perfect offer. Take it away, guys. People ask a lot, how did you get so great at running traffic? And I laugh a little bit because I sit back and think, well, you know, we have offers that people actually want to buy. <laughs> so that that makes it pretty easy. And I know on your roles and in the agency, it gets tough when there's a product that's just not resonating with the audience. And it doesn't matter how awesome your traffic campaign is or your copy or creative, your targeting. Um, if you're trying to sell something that people don't want or you're selling it in the wrong way, the best traffic campaign in the world can't fix that. So I can't think of a more important topic that correlates with being a great media buyer. You have to have those solid offers. And the most important thing about Everything that we do is the offer. I mean, you you can't run traffic and be successful to a bad offer. And unfortunately, we've had some experience inside the agency as well as personal products um, that I've actually run when I was first starting internet marketing that nobody wanted. So, I mean, I think this is the key to everything. We've talked about how to get the click with your targeting and everything that we do on the Facebook end of things. How do we convert on the landing page? And this right here is the crux of everything. Yeah, and I do think the points that you guys made were, were dead on because you can be really, really, really great at traffic, but if your offer sucks, the better you are at traffic, the more money you'll spend to show everybody how badly you suck. So traffic is a force multiplier of a good offer, um, but you really have to start with a good offer. And a really great offer can make up for a lot of flaws and inadequacies on the traffic side. And I know for me, I wasn't as as tactical and as technical as a lot of people when I was first getting started. You know, I, I couldn't figure out every nifty, you know, trick and hack. And, you know, I knew people that were doing just some insane arbitrage, like, back in the day when I was first getting started in traffic. And I mean, this was back before Google, right? When like before Overture was even Overture and it was still called goto.com. I mean, there are people that were programming these crazy algorithms to, to be able to, you know, get traffic from here and the exact keywords and all this stuff. My answer to that problem was always just have a better offer, have a better offer, optimize it as well as you can such that not only are the conversion rates as high as they can be, but the value of those customers as they're, they're coming through are as high as they can be, then you got a lot more money to pump back into traffic and it's worked. So I get that what we're talking about today probably isn't the, the coolest and the hippest and the sexiest thing, but it's kind of the thing that, that makes all the difference and really makes all the traffic stuff really, really, really work. And like what Molly said, you know, when you get a good offer dialed in, traffic is easy and traffic is fun. When it comes to crafting a really good offer, we've been trying over the last few years, how do you turn it from this art, right? It's kind of like, go ahead, paint a really beautiful landscape. It's like, well, you want the sky on the top and the dirt on the bottom, but like everything else in between is sort of art, right? And that's the way that we used to approach offer creation. You just either know how to do it or you don't. We knew in internally that, that wasn't good enough. So we had to create a, a methodology, you know, around how do you create a really, really good offer? And so what, what I want to talk about today and kind of present are, are really four steps 
to creating a perfect offer, four steps to creating the truly optimized perfect offer. And those steps, if you want to write them down, don't do it if you're driving in a car, that's dangerous. But um, those four steps are number one, figuring out your sequence, right? What is the sequence that your offer should be presented in? And sequence does matter. Sequence is, you know, probably 80% of the battle. Then you get into messaging. How do you craft the perfect message, right? What is that, that perfect ideal message that's going to kind of hit your prospect right between the eyes and, and have them know, okay, yeah, this is for me. I need to pay attention. Then we get into, into some optimization, areas of optimization, specifically with regard to commitment. So how do you build commitment and micro commitment into the offer itself, into the process? And then fourth, little victory. What is a little victory that you can offer that will um, give your buyers hope and allow them to feel, you know, inspired and have the sense of abundance to to have them go through, you know, quickly and and want to, you know, pay even faster because they're just frankly getting a phenomenally great experience. So those are the four points of optimization: sequence, messaging, commitment, and little victories. So I want to just while we have it, kind of briefly, you know, not briefly, uh, but quickly, kind of run through all those. You guys cool with that? Absolutely. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. And keep in mind, guys, the more people that you can get to buy, the more money that you can make from your offer, the more money you can spend on traffic. Let's let's put that into perspective and, and keep that in mind as Ryan goes through these four steps. That's why this is important to you. The first step of crafting an offer is understanding what's the sequence, what's the flow of your offer going to be. And in and, and particular, does your, does your offer follow the same flow, follow the same form and function of a normal, healthy human relationship? So first, I think we should define, like, what do I mean when I say an offer? So an offer, really, I don't think about just what do you say on a particular landing page? 
right? When we think about an offer, an offer has multiple steps. An offer is going to walk a customer, take customer all the way through the, the journey, right? All the way through them having no clue who you are until the point where they're aware of who you are, they're excited about what you do, um, they become a customer, they begin to you know, get excited about who you are, and they ascend all the way up into a promoter, right? So what's the offer that's going to cause them to, to go through these different stages? And then how does that sequence need to be put in place? And, and the thing that I want to emphasize the most is this idea of an offer. An offer is a relationship, right? When you are making an offer, you have a business, and, and whether you're B2B or you're B2C, it's not a business making an offer to another kind of faceless entity, right? You're a person and you're making an offer to another person, even if it's B2C. It is person to person, human to human. This is a human relationship. So if we want to you know, really take a look under the hood at what's the best way to craft an offer, a good question to ask ourselves is really what's the best way to go through and maintain a healthy human relationship. And interestingly enough, there's been a lot of studies on this. Um, Desmond Morris, who is actually a zoologist of all things, wrote a book called Intimate Behavior. And in this book, he basically studied the human animal and looked at how does intimacy happen like in human beings, right? How does somebody go from not knowing anybody at all? They're, I mean, if you're married, right now, right? Or if you're in a, in a committed relationship, a very intimate, committed relationship, there was a point in time when you did not know that person at all. And, and so you went from not knowing them at all to knowing them a little bit to eventually sharing a bed with them, right? How does that happen? Um, that, that was Desmond Morris's big question. And what he realizes that it comes down to these 12 stages of intimacy that all human beings go through, right? And it's really, really fascinating. If you Google 12 stages of intimacy, Desmond Morris, you'll see some really great blog posts about it. But the basic idea is this, right? It, it starts off with eye to body, right? We as human beings notice another person, find them attractive, eye to body. That's stage one. Then you get eye to eye, right? We make eye contact. Then you get hand to hand, we shake hands. Then you have hand to body. Now you're like hugging and it progresses all the way until you basically have, you know, not to get overly PG 13, but genitals and genitals, right? Those are the 12 stages. Now here's the fascinating thing about Desmond Morris's story. The 12 stages in and of themselves were fascinating, but the most fascinating thing about this study in this book is not the 12 stages in and of themselves. It's his finding that the rate, the speed through which you progress through all 12 stages does not define the success of that relationship. In other words, you can go from stage one to two to three to four to five to six to all the way up to 12 very, very quickly, very, very, very quickly, and still have a very successful relationship. Or you could do it methodically over time. It can build over months, even years, and still have a successful relationship. It's not about the amount of time that it takes. It's that you can't skip a stage. And specifically, if you skip more than two stages, it's assault, right? I mean, that's the thing. If you skip more than two, the other party is going to feel assaulted. Now, so what does this mean to us as, as marketers and as business owners and as offer creators? Well, what it means is the same rule applies. Whether we realize it or not, it applies. And what oftentimes what we're doing in our marketing and in our offers is we're assaulting our customers. We are making the wrong offer at maybe we're making the right offer, we're making it at the wrong time. We're basically proposing marriage on a first date. So understanding, right, when it comes to the, to the type of traffic, and, and hopefully this is not news to anyone on this podcast because you've listened 
to us, you know, talk about the different the different stages. Is it cold? Is it warm? Is it hot? And and hopefully you've heard Molly talk about that. And and so this doesn't come as a surprise to you. But if, if somebody's seeing your ad for the very first time, you know that once they click on your ad, the offer shouldn't be, you know, hey, give me ten thousand dollars and I'll make all your wildest dreams come true, right? But you see this. You see people doing this type of thing. You see it a lot of times with enterprise selling, right? Where they'll they'll send people off to a off to a page, and a lot of times it's take a demo, right? Sign up for this demo. That's like walking up to a total stranger and saying, "Hey, what are you doing Thursday night? I'd love to take you out." Who are you? I don't freaking know you. Why am I going to invest my time with you, a total stranger, before I have any clue who you are? You're creepy. <laughs> yeah, you're creepy. I mean, again, if you're a single guy, you walk up to a girl in the bar. It's like, hey, nice to meet you. My name's Bob. Like, oh, my name's Tina. Can, can I buy you a drink? Yeah, sure. That'd be fine. Okay, great. Want to go back to my place right now? Y- you know, you can't be like, what? I already bought you a drink. What's the big deal? Right? No, you're a perv. Right? <laughs> you're a total pervert. And and hopefully you get slapped hard enough that you remember, don't do that again. Right? So the important thing to remember with offers is it does hurt to ask. Right? And if you've ever heard the expression, oh, it doesn't hurt to ask. That's horse crap. Of course it hurts to ask. As a business, if you say, hey, nice to meet you. Welcome to my, to my site. You know, Give me $10,000 a year and, and, and naming rights to your firstborn child, you can't back off of that. Right? They're gone, especially on the web. They are gone. That back button is right there. It is ever-present. They are gone. It does hurt to ask, so sequence matters. But at the same time, you do have to ask. Right. There's a lot of friends out there. We got good friends in the inbound marketing space and I'm not knocking inbound marketing, but God dang it. At some point, you got to ask for the order or as a company, you're never going to get out of the friend zone. Right. And there's people listening to this. I guarantee you right now. And they they put out great content and they give and they give and they give and they give and they have been friend zoned by every potential customer in the world. And the second that they go and they're like, hey, by the way, I really like you. Will you go out with me? It's like, oh, I really like you, you know, but you're just such a good friend. No, you have no guts. <laughs> exactly. So it's about doing the right thing at the right time. And there does come a time when you do want to ask for the order. So let's talk about what these steps are. And, and really, when we've gone back and kind of reverse engineered customer journeys, right? How do you take them from total stranger to raving fan actively promoting you and your brand? All right. These are the steps. Again, they're worth writing down. Remember, we're still talking about sequence. That first step is awareness, okay? Awareness. Think like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber, right? I'm just going to stand here and put out the vibes, right? Awareness. Now, what's the best way to make someone aware of your brand? Well, it's to have really great content and to pay to have it amplified, right? So if you have a really great blog post or something like that, then you should be buying advertising, uh, sponsored posts on Facebook and things like that to that content, right? Making people aware of your awesomeness. Give that value in advance. So step one is aware. Step two is to engage, right? Engage with your prospect. Okay. How do you engage with them? Again, in, in the dating world, it's, you know, it's, it's funny telling a joke, you know, telling them a story, initiating a conversation. Um, in the business world, when you're thinking about the offer that you're making and that you're putting out there, it, it has more to do with just having good, compelling content that when people see it, they actually read it. All right. Then we have step three, which is subscribe, right? Subscribe, opt in to get more content. Hey, can I have your number? I'd like to call you sometime. Now we get into step four, which is convert. So step four is to convert. When we're thinking about a conversion, we're not thinking about a conversion into this 
big, massive purchase down the road, right? So I don't mean conversion as in you're converting them from a stranger into a spouse, right? You're just converting them from a stranger into a friend. So in dating relationships, that's, hey, we should go grab coffee sometime, right? Let's meet up and grab some coffee, low commitment. So at this stage, in this sequence, you want a low commitment offer. What's the lowest barrier to commitment that you can have that does get someone to show a little bit of commitment? We'll talk more about that in just a little bit, but you're not asking them to come completely out of, out of pocket. If you've been around digital marketer for any length of time, you've probably heard of the phrase tripwire, right? That's what we're talking about here. Getting them to make a really, really small purchase, or at this point, now it's appropriate to say, why don't you sign up for a demo, right? Why don't you take a demo to our software? you know, a demo to our solution, right? That's a, that's a small commitment that they're making, you know, on their part. So that's step four. So just to recap, step one, become aware. Step two, become engaged. And that's mentally engaged, not ring on the finger engaged. Step three is subscribe. Four, convert. Five is to get excited, right? Meaning once they've made that purchase, that initial purchase, or once they've come on to that demo, once you've got them to make that commitment, you got to deliver the goods, right? You have to actually get them excited about it. Step six is to ascend. Once you've had to make a small commitment, then you've got them excited about it. Now it's appropriate to say, can I take you out to dinner, right? Not meet you somewhere. Can I pick you up at your house, take you out to dinner, drop you off? Step seven is they begin to advocate for your brand, which is a, a passive form of promotion. So when somebody asks about you, they'll be like, yeah, I, I think they're great. And step eight is to promote. Okay. Step seven, advocate. Step eight is when they become an active promoter. And that's when they're actively promoting your brand, a true ambassador, maybe even an affiliate. So those steps again, aware, engage, subscribe, convert, excite, ascend, advocate, promote. So thinking about your offer, not as a single offer on a single page, but as the entire customer journey. And specifically, what are the offers that you're going to make along the way in the appropriate sequence has everything to do with the success of your offer. You can have the greatest offer in the world. In other words, you could be the greatest person in the world, right? You could be the nicest guy, amazingly great looking, super rich, who, you know, better like lover than Casanova kind of person, right? But if you go up to total strangers and say, hey, nice to meet you. My name's Casanova Jr. Let's go back to my place. Here comes the slap, okay? The quality of your product has nothing to do with the degree to which you're able to make that offer. It has everything to do with the sequence. So understand first and foremost, when you're creating your offer, where are you in the sequence? And make an appropriate offer you know, with, with regard to the commitment. So I actually recommend that people get out a piece of paper and map your customer journey, right? Map it. I can, I can tell you what it looks like a digital marketer, you know, a digital marketer prospects are going to typically see an ad on Facebook or Google. That's going to make them aware of our brand. They're going to click on the ad and that's going to take them over to content, right? High quality blog posts. They're going to hopefully engage with that content and they're going to like it so much. They're either going to subscribe to our list on that page or our retargeting ads are going to follow up with them and they'll subscribe at a later date. Once they've subscribed, we're going to ask them to make a small purchase, usually like a $7 report. But now we've got a conversion. They've, they've converted. So now we're up to step four. We're going to you know, make sure that that's a great experience and try to get them to ascend into a full-blown lab member. We're going to get them excited once they're a member by getting them encouraging consumption and getting them to come on to office hours and things like that. 
We want to get them excited by getting in into the digital marketer engage group and hope that they ascend again and, and purchase some other products. And then eventually they're, they're talking about us and, you know, maybe they eventually become a certified partner and they're actively promoting it. But understanding what is your customer journey? What are those steps? That is probably the most critical part of offer creation because sequence is everything. I know we're just on part one of the four, but it's because this is probably the most um, important. So before we move on to the, the second part, you guys have any follow-up points you want to make on that? Or yeah, questions? no, Ryan, I mean, sequence in the offer, it's the same thing that we teach in traffic, right? Because really your ads and your traffic strategy are just mimicking the offer sequence, so think about this the same way that you think about your traffic strategy, cold, warm, hot. Um, you're running retargeting ads based off of the user's you know, past behavior. So your ads are really just mimicking the sequence of your offer and your customer journey. I'm, I'm telling you, most people that when I go and I, and I work with them and they're like, ah, oh, my offer isn't working. You know, I'm, my traffic isn't converting. What's the problem? It's not that there's anything wrong with the thing that they're selling. There's nothing wrong with their product or service. Product or service is great. There's not a problem with the price point. There's not really even a problem with the sales copy that's on the page. There's a problem with the sequence of when they're offering it. And what they need to do is they need to put something else in front of that offer they're making. They need to just stop going up to strangers and saying, hey, can I take you out on Thursday night? <laughs> and they need to engage them in conversation and ask them if they want to get coffee. And your traffic strategy will follow right along with the customer journey. Because the goal of traffic is really just to really pave that road in between the offer and your prospects and your customers. Yeah. So number two, we're going to actually get into messaging, which I think is what most people were kind of hoping to get out of this. Like, how do you craft a message, the messaging in and around your, your offer? I want to make this really, really, really simple. Okay. When it comes to messaging, I want you to answer one question. One question. Does your copy speak. So the copy on your page, the landing page copy, sales copy, the, the script, if it's a video presentation, um, the script, if it's a webinar, the sales script, if people are calling in and talking to a salesperson, whatever that copy is, that sales copy, does the copy speak to a specific desired end result? I'll say that again, a specific desired end result. What is the specific desired end result of your customer? In other words, where do they want to be People are only interested in buying something because it gets them something that they don't yet have, right? I mean, that's why we buy stuff. And so understanding what don't they have that you're delivering beyond just the features of that is absolutely critical. And yet in my, in my experience, most people grossly overcomplicate the copywriting process. They yeah. want to come up with these, you know, really clever and, and witty headlines, right? Like, they tells these bizarro stories, you know, and, and, and it's because they've seen, you know, copywriting legends, you know, like Gary Halbert and John Carlton and, you know, Jay Abraham and, you know, the, these people that were crafting these amazing stories and they want to duplicate that. And I'm telling you, when that happens, it's magical, right? You know, John Carlton, who's a, probably one of the greatest living copywriters, had this story, had this sales letter about, you know, the amazing story of the one-legged golfer. He tells a story about this golfer who's going out there with just one leg and he's like crushing it. And, da, da, da. and so everybody wants to go and mimic and it, and it worked and it sold it sold a golf product amazingly well because the basic idea is, well, God dang, if this guy who only has one leg, you know, can outdrive his buddies, I want to learn the secret that he has. Well, when God hands you a hook like that and a story like that, you take it and you run with it. But sometimes you're just selling widgets, right? 
Sometimes you're just selling something. And, and so selling the amazing is easy. Selling it when you have a great story is, is life becomes easy. In a second, I'm going to give you a technique for, for maybe pulling out a great story if you don't think you have one. But at the end of the day, don't overcomplicate the sales process. Speak to the desired end result. One of the best examples I can think of, and you guys have probably heard me tell this story before, but there was a book that was published back in the 1980s called Astrological Love. Mm. You've heard me tell the story, right? Sure. Okay. Okay. Don't ruin it because I'm sure there's lots of people. So there's a book published by Nora Hayden back in the 1980s called Astrological Love. What's it about? I don't freaking know. I guess how to love more astrologically. You know, I don't know. The book was published. It promptly went out of print because it didn't, it didn't sell through supposedly sold, you know, less than 5,000 copies. Now, fast forward, you know, it's, it's been about eight, 10 years and new publisher gets a hold of this content and they republish the book. Same author, nearly identical content, same author, nearly identical content. So nothing has changed with the exception of the title of the book. And they changed the title from astrological love to how to satisfy a woman every time and have her beg for more. Okay. Now I ask you, which title more effectively speaks to, to the desired end result of frankly, both men and women, right? Astrological love. Do you want to learn to love more astrologically? Or do you want to learn how to satisfy a woman every time and have her beg for more? This went on to become a number one New York Times bestseller with over 2.5 million copies sold, right? Wow. That is the power of speaking to a desired end result. But we make this mistake all the time. We do this, right? We do this at Digital Marketer. One of our portfolio companies is in the homesteading space. And so we teach vertical gardening. So we had this new report that we were coming out with about vertical gardening. And we came up with this super, you know, cute and clever title, you know, and headline. It was growing up the ins and outs of up and down gardening. Get it? Because it's vertical gardening, growing <laughs> up, ins and outs, up and down. Freaking clever, right? No one bought it. Because, yeah, what the hell does that mean when we change the title to how to grow enough food to feed a family of four in just four square feet of space, even if you don't have a yard? Now, that speaks to the desired end result. I want to grow enough food to feed my family in a really small space, and I don't have a yard. Specific desired end result. And specificity is the key, right? We've got our, our friends in the space over at Social Media Examiner. I love these guys, but for years, and maybe it still is, the lead magnet on their site was just opt in to our newsletter and you'll get a free Facebook marketing video tutorial, free Facebook marketing video tutorial. Well, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, gosh, I really hope I can stumble across a Facebook marketing video tutorial today. Yay, a tutorial. I'll learn. Maybe there's homework involved. You know, super fun. You know, our variation, when we ran a lead magnet, our offer was how we generated 250 leads from Facebook in 18 hours without spending a dime on advertising, right? Which is more specific, how we generated 250 leads from Facebook in 18 hours without spending a dime on advertising. That incidentally was a free Facebook marketing video tutorial. It was the same basic deliverable, just packaged differently. One of them is astrological love. The other is how to please a woman every time and have her beg for more. So specificity, specificity is everything, but not just specificity to a specific number or a specific idea, specificity as it relates to the desired end result of your customer. Now that begs the question, what is their desired end result? 
My question is on the sequence. You know, one of the things that we talk about here a lot is the fact that you, it's almost like you can jump places. You can sort of squeeze the first five steps all into your first interaction and still get your desired end result for the customer. The customer gets the desired end result that they're looking for because Facebook is so intimate and because you can do video and long copy and everything and actually get all that and get the sale on the very first contact, especially if you have, you know, a back end that monetizes and so forth. So in today's environment, I mean, is that there, there's obviously there's different ways of doing this, but in essence, if we are going for like a full price sale, are we really sort of, are we still doing the sequence? We're just compressing it into a very short period of time or what's your sense? Remember Desmond Morris's rule, right? You can progress through the 12 steps and people do it all the time. They're called one night stands. Right. I mean, there's a freaking dating app dedicated to it. We could all debate whether or not that's truly a successful relationship. But, uh, you know, it, but it's people don't necessarily consider it to be assault. Right. They're kind of in it to win it. So I'm not suggesting that you that you adopt this kind of one night stand relationship with your customers. But absolutely. Thanks to technology, it is very possible. Somebody's on Facebook to see an ad that's just Hey, here's a really great, amazing piece of content that speaks to something that we know you'd like, right? So, you know, for us, a digital market, I mean, what is it, Molly? What, what's a, you know, what's kind of a, a piece of content that we're advertising regularly right now? So we have a piece of content that explains to digital marketing professionals um, what they should have on their resume to get a job. Perfect. Yeah. So if you're an individual and you're interested in getting a job in digital marketing, they're on Facebook and you've been to the right sites and you're liking the right people. So you're in the right audience that we're able to target you. Now you see this ad from us on, you know, exactly what to put on your resume to be able to land the perfect digital marketing job, right? You're going to see that you're going to click on that and you're going to go over to this post. So now the offer is basically, although it's very passive read and there's a headline that speaks to the, to the desired end result and passively encourages where the passive call to action is read this thing. Now, next to adjacent to that piece of content is an active call to action, right? Opt in to get, you know, a hiring guide or opt in to get more information about this, you know, about how to, how to improve uh, your skills, like uplevel your skills so that you can get this career right now. That's going to require them to opt in, but they can do that within minutes, of reading that post. So now here it's been, you know, they see this ad, they had no idea who digital marketer was. Now they see this ad, they consume great content. They're feeling positive about our brand. They're opting in. So we're not asking them for money yet. We're asking them for their phone number, essentially name and email address, giving them some additional value. They're beginning to consume that. Now, now we're saying, cool, if you like this, you'll really love this other thing. And now they're, they're buying a much bigger package, maybe one of our certifications or subscribing right. to Digital Marketer Lab or HQ or something like that. To your point, Ralph, all that can occur within 30 minutes of that initial interaction, but we did not skip a step. Every step was there. We did not skip a single step. Um, we just were able to compress it, thanks in part to technology and in making the offer at the right time. Brian, I think more on messaging, uh, just to emphasize how important that part is, uh, because the messaging in your offer is going to pretty much be your ad copy. You know, never are we really reinventing the wheel um, when we're writing ad copy for a Facebook, Twitter, Google, you know, YouTube ad. 
a lot of times we're just taking the specific end benefit, the hook from the author, and we might customize it a bit to speak to a certain audience. If you want to learn our process for that, definitely go to episode 33 about the ad grid. But if you really focus on the messaging and the specific end benefit of your offer, well, that makes setting up your traffic and and writing copy for your traffic campaigns a lot easier because it's done for you. Again, let's let's dramatically simplify the copywriting effort, right? You don't have to be this amazing world-class, you know, A-list, Don Draper-like copywriting god, okay? Here's what you need to do, all right? You need to be able to articulate the move from the before state to the after state. All right, let me explain. Your prospect, right, your customer right now where they are today, they are in some state of discontent to some degree, right? Maybe they're happy, but they could be happier. Maybe they're frustrated and they don't want to be frustrated. Maybe they're sad and they want to be happy. Maybe they're poor and they want to be rich. Maybe they're sick and they want to be well. Whatever it is, they are in some state of discontent or they're, they're not in a buying mode, right? We buy I mean, even really, really happy, rich thin, successful people buy stuff because it takes them to an even happier after state, right? Or at least they believe that it will. Okay. So your ideal prospect right now is sitting somewhere in some state and some degree of discontent. The most content person in the world isn't buying from you. Now, the question you have to ask yourself is once they've bought your product and consumed it, your product or service, now what does their after state look like? So there's someplace before, where are you going to take them after? And good marketing, good copywriting, a good offer simply articulates this move from the before state to the after state. That's what it does. But it does it at the appropriate sequence. You know, walking up somebody, hey, can I buy you a drink? Right now they're thirsty. After you buy them a drink, they won't be thirsty, you know, and they'll have somebody to talk to, right? It's from before to after. So how do we describe this before and after state in this shift? The easiest way to do it is, is to look at it in terms of have, Meaning, what do they have before that they don't have after? Okay, what do they have before that they don't have after? Or what don't they have that they now have, right? So that's, that's the thing. How, how is what they possess changed? And, and that's basic features, right? Really, really basic features. So if you're a landscaper, you know, and you want to describe the shift from the before and after state, it's, hey, homeowner, before you're going to have, you know, a lawn that's dying with weeds and tall, funky grass after you're going to have a beautifully manicured lawn, right? That's have. First way to describe before and after. The second way is in terms of feeling. What do they feel before and and what do they feel after, right? What is their feelings before, their emotional state before, and, and what is their emotional state after? Most of us have heard that we need to inject more emotion in our copy. The best way to do that is to ask ourselves, okay, how do they feel before? So maybe if you're a homeowner and you got the ugliest lawn on the street, maybe before you feel embarrassed, right? Maybe you feel overwhelmed because you just don't have time to mow it. And afterwards, you feel this sense of pride and, and you feel like you've got the most beautiful lawn, right? So how do they feel? Now, the, the third way of articulating before and after is average day. What is the average day of your customer before they know you? And what's the average day of your customer after they know you? 
what does that look like? So if I'm a landscaper, I'm going to describe how, hey, before you're having to wake up early on a Saturday and you're having to, to you know, pull this lawnmower out of the garage and you're having to gas it up. But, oh, crap, there's no more gas. You got to go to the gas station. And now you're sweating like a pig because the sun's already high in the sky and you didn't have any gas. And, you know, your entire Saturday is, you know, blown up right after you wake up when you want to wake up because we're mowing your grass and you don't have to, you know, because at Acme Landscaping, you know, we don't just mow lawns. We give you more Saturdays. That's the idea of an average day, right? Describe, articulate their average day before and their average day after. If, if you've ever seen these, I don't know if you guys have seen these, Molly, you probably have because they, they show them in Austin all the time. There's a, uh, it's a cosmetic dentist in town and their whole commercial is just the dentist handing a patient in a chair, a mirror, and the person just sitting there weeping as they're looking at their new teeth right? Before they had this super jacked up grill after, you know, beautiful teeth. But what's, what's fascinating about it is they don't just show before and after like a close up of the teeth. You can't actually even see the people's teeth. Yeah. yeah it's being blocked by the mirror. It's the mm -hmm. emotional response. And now they can go and describe, you know, your average day before is you didn't really laugh and, and you didn't really smile a lot. And so people thought you were maybe a little standoffish. And even when you laughed around friends, you kind of had to put your hand over your mouth because you were embarrassed. Well, after, you know, you're going to be the, the life of the party. You're going to smile and laugh as much as you want to. You're going to smile as big and bright as you want to because you have the most beautiful, confident uh, smile of anyone in the room, right? Mm. None of that crap. It's all about speak to their desired end result, right? Get in their world. Where are they now? Where do they want to be? And the fourth way so we talked about have, what do they have before and, you know, what do they have after feel? How do they feel before versus after? Average day. That's what gets you narrative, by the way. If you want that one-legged golfer, you know, think about it. Think about your customers. What are some very specific experiences um, that have happened that you can relay? Some specific case studies. Average day is going to pull that out. That's where you're going to get story and narrative. Uh, and but the fourth way is status. And status is the most powerful of all, right? If you can change somebody's status. They will follow you forever. That's Napoleon Bonaparte said, uh, I've made the most wonderful discovery. Men will fight long, hard, even die for a bit of colored ribbon. You know, most people walk through life so unbelievably unappreciated that if you show them just a little tiniest bit of appreciation, give them just a little bit of a status bump, they'll follow you. So how can you incorporate status into your offer, right? And how can you speak to it in your copy? So those are the four ways that we can articulate before and after, have, feel, average day status. Go through that exercise, and I guarantee you, you will come up with far more compelling headlines and hooks and leads and offers than, than you ever have before. So number three, the third point, of, so we talked about sequence, which is big. We talked about messaging. Those are really the two biggies. What we're going to get in with three and four are really just some, some optimizers, right? And so the third point is commitment. How can you deploy micro-commitments to lock your prospects into the process. And there are two ways to get prospects to show commitment. The first way is with their wallet. Can you get them to make a small purchase before you ask them to make a big purchase? That's critical. How do you get them to do that, right? Don't ask for the sun, moon, and stars up front. Just get an, ask them to make a small purchase, right? Hey, uh, you know, we don't say, sign up for Digital Marketer Lab. It's just $38.60 a month. You should sign up today. We'll make all your wildest dreams come true. No, we say, how would you like this execution plan on the content engine? It's only seven bucks. Yep, just seven bucks. Now, once you buy that one execution plan for seven bucks, it's really easy to say, great, so you got this one execution plan for $7, really tremendous value. Um, if you'd like to get like 33 more just like that, 
you know, for a buck. You can do that right now when you join Lab. If you choose to stay a member after 30 days, you'll be charged 38.60. Right? It's easier to make that second sale because we got a, a micro commitment on the front end. Just like it's a whole heck of a lot easier to get someone to go out uh, on a date with you the second time if you weren't a total creepy pervert on the first date. Right? So lower the barrier to entry and get some of those micro commitments in. So this is why, you know, in the menswear business, uh, which is a, a market that we're in, we don't try to sell people suits. We sell them cufflinks first. Because if you buy a cufflink, there's a good chance you own a suit. It's why we love webinars. With webinars, people are making a commitment of their time. They're committing to being at a certain place at a certain time for a certain duration. That's a commitment. Once you've had somebody on a webinar, that's like a first date. That's why you can make much higher ticket offers on webinars than you can on websites. And one of my favorite examples, one of the best offers in the world, my, my, uh, my friend Roy Williams actually helped to create this offer for this company. Have you guys ever heard of 1-800-GOT-JUNK? Yeah. Yeah, so 1-800-GOT-JUNK, you know, large kind of junk hauling franchise in North America. They're actually based out of Canada. And they were having this issue where, you know, everybody when they were calling up, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, it's like, you got some junk? Yeah, I got some junk. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, what all you got? Can you want us to come out there and, and give you a quote? And they're like, well, I mean – how much is it? You know, their whole offer was let us come out to your home and we'll give you a quote. And so the homeowner, they're like, I don't freaking know you. I don't want to set aside a bunch of time. I don't want to set us. I don't want to invite you into my home to look at my stuff yet. Right. So they changed it up and they changed up the offer to say, hey, look, if you have one of those really old funky TVs, you know, you got one of the fancy new flat screens, got an old funky one. We'll come pick up the old funky one for just 20 bucks. Right. Or, hey, you got an old couch you want to get rid of or an old mattress. We'll come pick up that old couch and that old mattress for just 40 bucks. Right. Now, if all that person did was get rid of a mattress or a couch or a TV, they were going to lose money. But they knew that if this person had an old mattress, or an old couch or an old TV, they probably had some other junk lying around there, too. So when they got there, there was a good chance they could say, hey, you want us to give you a quote on hauling some other stuff away? People said, yes, it absolutely revolutionized this business and is one of the reasons it's one of the largest junk hauling businesses in North America because of that one great offer that allowed the customer to make a micro commitment without making a full commitment on the front end. Okay. So think about that. You know, what is that for you? What is that micro commitment offer that you can make? And then the fourth point of optimization is the little victory. Okay. So with a micro commitment, we're trying to get the, the customer or the prospect to make a little commitment, to give us a little bit of their time to get us, you know, just come on, just meet me for coffee. And I promise, like, if you enjoy it, then I'll take, you know, let me take you out to dinner. Right. So it, it's about getting the customer to kind of bend a little bit. When we think about a little victory, right. And this is another big point of optimization. How can you incorporate this into your offer? This is the thing that is going to allow the customer to feel like they got it. This is going to allow them to feel like, you know, they can do anything. This is going to allow them to overcome, you know, their biggest hurdle, which is self-doubt, right? This is the thing that's going to encourage them to really consume so they can get excited about it. A, a great example of this is Constant Contact. Um, so I'm sure you, you guys, everybody heard of Constant Contact email sure. service. Constant Contact found that when they signed up a new customer for their service, if they said, okay, step one, upload your email list, people got confused. They got scared. They were like, that seems hard. I don't know how to do that. You know, they're like, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling like a failure. I don't think I can do this. You know what? Just cancel my subscription. When they switched it to, okay, step one, let's design your email template. Upload your logo. Okay, that, that's nice. That's fun. 
right? Okay, great. Now, you know, write your first welcome message, you know, pick a template. What colors do you want? Those kinds of things. People are like, yeah, this is great. Now, once they've given them that little victory, once they've given them that quick win of congratulations, you just crafted your first email, it was really easy to say, okay, now who do you want to send it to? Step two, upload your list. That one change cut their churn dramatically. Now you may be thinking, yeah, but Ryan, what does this have to do with an offer, right? You're talking about after the, you know, the sales already been made, right? Sales already been made. We're not talking about an offer anymore. Yes, we are. Marketing doesn't stop just because the sale has been made. Just like if you're in a healthy human relationship, you don't stop buying flowers and taking, you know, the other person out on dates just because you're married. Marketing doesn't stop. Offers don't stop. You, dating doesn't stop just because the sale is made because you want to continue to encourage ascension. So in this case, in getting these users to stick, they encourage ascension. They're going to stay month after month after month because they got them that quick win. The other experience that I had was one that I had personally, and that was when I bought my Tesla. Okay, So I got a, I've got a, a Tesla uh, Model S P90D. This is the one with like ludicrous speed you know, and all that, like zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds. It will turn your stomach upside down. <laughs> you actually, I have to tell people to put their head up against the headrest. Otherwise, they'll slam their head up against the headrest really, really hard. Um, and he has a little grin while doing it. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you why that happens, right? So when I went to go and, and, and test drive this car the very first time, you know, it's a new car. I'm in it. It's not mine yet. And I'm just kind of driving it around. I'm like, oh yeah, this is nice. Sales guy's like, yeah, you know, really great. Drives real smooth. I'm like, yeah, it does. And I'm, you know, driving like the speed limit. It's like you're taking your driver's test kind of thing. I'm scared, right? It's not my freaking car and it's new. So I drive around and then we drive back to the lot. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa we're, we're not done yet. You know, we're, we're not done yet. Pull over here on this back road. We're going to do a launch. It's like, okay. So we pull off on this back road and he said, all right, now here's what I want you to do. All right. I want you to take your foot and I want you just to slam down on the gas pedal really, really hard. Okay. Just pedal the metal. Go. All right. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three, go. And I did it, but I didn't quite do it right. And I was like, whoa. And it was still really fast and great. But he was like, okay, stop, stop, don't stop. That wasn't good enough. You didn't do it right. Here's what I want you to do. All right. I want you to take your foot. I want you to pull it approximately three inches away from the accelerator. And I want you to slam down on that accelerator like you're squishing, you know, a giant spider. Okay. And don't take your foot off the accelerator until I tell you to stop. Okay. Ready? One, two, three, go. And then bam, I did it. And the thing took off like a freaking rocket ship. Okay. Now what they just did is they taught me how to advocate, right? Mm -hmm. They taught me how to advocate for the brand and it was built into the offer process. Right. I had not yet bought this car. Now, did it make me want it? Did it increase my wanting? Yes. Was it a little victory in that now it's like, cool, I know how to drive this thing. I feel the confidence to drive this. Of course, I want to own it. Yes. But in addition to that, it also taught advocacy. As soon as I take delivery of this car, the first thing that I do, you know, is I go and pick up my buddy and I'm like, hey, hop in, let's go for a little ride. Boof, you know, and now we're like, oh, and I'm like, hey, Molly, I'm, let's go to lunch. I'll, I'll drive. Yeah. She's like, oh. <laughs> I have a, a great example of this and and it relates to traffic too. Havenly is is a company everyone should check out. Essentially, they create a design for a room in your home and then you're able to purchase all of the furniture uh, right there on their site. Uh, but something cool that they did, I mean, their marketing overall was amazing. Uh, but after I'd ordered um, and I started to get everything in, I was really excited. They started running ads on Facebook uh, 
uh, to encourage me to share uh, my new room and my new design with my my friends and family. So I thought that was really cool using paid advertising to take me to the next step of, you know, not only did they acquire me via Facebook ads and retargeted to make sure I approved the design and retargeted to make sure I actually bought the furniture. Afterwards, um, they were spending money to make sure that I was going to advocate on their behalf. Yeah. So I, I think thinking about this, and again, you can't always do it, but what is something that an, an aspect of the offer that you can put in to give them that quick win? And even better, if you can have something that gives them that quick win and teaches advocacy, now not only are you going to nail lock down that first sale, but that first sale is going to turn into two and three, and there's actually going to be a viral coefficient to it. So just kind of to recap, check your sequence, right? Map your customer journey through those eight steps that, that we talked about, all right? Map your customer journey, you know, all the way from awareness to engagement, to subscription, to converting, you know, and converting doesn't mean you're married, right? Converting just means you went from stranger to now you're, you're friends, you're dating, right? Step five, they're getting excited, right? The, the flowers, the date night, stuff like that doesn't stop just because that initial purchase was made. That's when it begins because we want ascension, which is step six. Then we want them to advocate. And the best way that we can get them to advocate is to teach it to them, tell them specifically. He didn't let me leave that showroom and, and that, that, uh, that lot until he taught me how to do a launch the right way. Not my way, not my kind of chumpy way, the right way. No, three inches above, slam it like you're squishing a spider, right? And then how can we eventually turn our people into active promoters? Not everybody's going to reach you know, level eight, but if you map that process, have a sense of your sequence, then you can go back and you can say, okay, what is their desired end result at these different stages, right? Now, how can we map our offers and our messaging to it throughout the stages? How do we tie that into our traffic? How do we tie it into our landing page copy? How do we incorporate little uh, micro commitments and little victories along the way? If you do that and keep that in mind, I'll guarantee you, you don't have to be, you know, the most amazing copywriter in the world. You just have to put yourself in the shoes of your customer and think, what do they want? Where do they want to be? How does my product or service get them there? And then speak to that. Speak to that, articulate the shift from the before to the after state, and you're going to write pretty dang good offers. So for all the resources and everything that we mentioned here in today's show, go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 232. Until next week, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.